You're listening to the Creating a Brand podcast, where we deliver weekly interviews on topics to help entrepreneurs make their first or next step in business the right one. I am your host, Alex Sanfilippo. Do you know if you actually have what it takes to become a successful entrepreneur? For many of us, figuring this out has always been an act of trial and error with some pain involved along the way. But today's guest takes a different approach. In this episode, I'm talking with Gino Wickman. Gino is the creator of the Entrepreneurial Operating System, EOS, and is the author of the best-selling book, Traction. Today, we're talking through Gino's book titled Entrepreneurial Leap, which he wrote specifically to help aspiring entrepreneurs confirm that they possess the characteristics needed to be an entrepreneur. For links to resources that will be mentioned during this episode, please visit creatingabrand.com slash 152. And now let's not wait any longer. Here is my conversation with Gino Wickman. Gino, welcome to the Creating a Brand podcast. Alex, thrilled to be here. Looking forward to this. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this since I picked up your book, Entrepreneurial Leap. And I say that because as soon as I started reading it, I realized this is a topic that we should have covered on episode one of the Creating a Brand podcast. And that topic is helping people understand if they actually are an entrepreneur, have what it takes. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm glad we're covering it now. At least we're covering our bases. But this should have been episode one, not episode 150 some odd, whatever it's going to end up being. For sure. And I, you know, I'll tell you this, we are a match made in heaven. I'm thrilled we found each other. And I want to start by saying, you know, in your show notes, this is what I read, that you know, this content, you want to be more of a keynote or a masterclass. You said you want the content to be practical, actionable with takeaways, and you want your audience taking notes. So we are in the right place, man, because I am a teacher at heart. And so we can go as deep as you want to go. I'm not trying to tease people with a book. If if we had eight hours, I'd teach them everything <laughs> in the book. So please, let's go deep, man. You know, there's one thing I know about podcasting. If you have an eight-hour episode, you never have another listener again. So uh, we're not going to do that to them, but I believe a lot of people are going to hear this and it's going to confirm some things in them. They're actually going to want to grab a copy of the book and they'll take those eight hours on their own for sure. Uh, One other thing I want to mention real quick is, yes, this could have been episode one of the Creating a Brand podcast, but it also could have been your first book because you started with Traction and then later on went into Rocket Fuel. And now you're going back and covering the the basics or what really people start with. Why are you writing this book now, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, no, it's such a great question because I did it in reverse. And it's weird how I would do it in reverse. But as I've been asked that question many times, I had to do it this way because the last 30 plus years of my life, over three decades, I have been helping entrepreneurs, obsessing about entrepreneurs, what makes them successful, helping them be successful. And so what I've done now is taken my 30 years of learning with tens of thousands of entrepreneurs. And I see it now. I clearly see it. And so there's an old saying that says we teach what we needed the most. And so what I'm doing is I'm teaching my 18 year old self who was a mislabeled, derelict, lost, confused entrepreneur in the making. And so I'm trying to help anyone out there eight to 88. If you think you might be an entrepreneur, this is helping you decide if the journey is right for you. And so I needed the 30 years of experience so that I could help an entrepreneur in the making see the path clearly. I, you know, that's exactly what this book is. And you have it broken down into three parts, starting with confirm, which is where we're going to spend most of our time today. But you also cover part two, which is glimpse and part three, which is path. Before we get started, and I, I really want to, again, focus on 
on the confirms part of this. Can you just give us an overview of the book and the three parts? Yeah, I really appreciate that. So this whole book is a passion project. So my goal is to impact a million entrepreneurs in the making over the next 10 years. Now, eight years left on that goal, by the way. And, and I'm a teacher at heart. And so my discovery is that I need to teach this content and, and write this book in three parts. As you said, confirm glimpse path. Confirm is all about, before we even can talk about glimpse or path, we've got to confirm and make sure you have what it takes to become an entrepreneur, which is why I'm so glad we're going to spend most of our time there. But once we confirm it, holy cow, then we're going to light you up because I'm going to show you a glimpse of the life, all that is possible. And I'm going to prepare you for what's about to happen because I believe I can help you eliminate half the mistakes you're going to make. And then in path, I'm showing you the milestones, the guide guideposts on your journey to greatly increase your odds of success. But we have to start with first confirming, do you even have what it takes to do this? Yeah, and that's exactly what I wanted to bring you on here for because so many people that I talk to that are listeners of Creating a Brand, they have the question of, Alex, do you think that I'm a good entrepreneur? Do you think I'd be able to quit my job? Like, do I have what it takes? Is my personality right? All these things. And I told you before we got started, you know, I have not known how to answer that question very well. I don't have the experience to be able to answer that yeah. from a place of integrity, I felt. But I think that today we're going to be able to really answer that question together. Uh, just to mention again, though, Glimpse was a really cool part of the book. And something that I liked about it is you didn't just focus on like you could be driving Lamborghinis and Ferraris and having your own private jets. You went into like two different sides of that. I mean, you even covered what I, I believe that you titled it um, something like uh, going through hell or something like that, right? Uh, a day in hell is what it was. Yeah. And what I do is I just show a day in the life so you can see a contrast and a perspective. So I show a day in the life from a standpoint of a day in heaven and a day in hell. I show I show the dream and the nightmare, and then I show you how to avoid living the nightmare. So yeah, so that's what I'm doing there is just giving them a contrast. And then I show them the eight most critical mistakes they will make and how to avoid every single one of them. Right. And then it goes straight into path, which I love because you get into should someone go to college or not, uh, how to find a mentor, which is something that's another huge question. We could probably spend an hour talking about that oh, alone. Yeah. Uh, and then also you go through like the nine stages of actually building a business. I mean, there is so much in there. And again, uh, for the listeners, we're not going to cover that today, but don't be disappointed because the most important thing we have to do going back to, to part one is we have to confirm that we are the right fit for this because the rest of it doesn't make sense if this isn't for you. So that's what we're going to answer here today. So, uh, Gino, if you're ready, I want to go ahead and start diving into some of this here. Ready, man. All right. So what we're going to cover first and foremost and like really get into today is the six essential traits of an entrepreneur. And that's what I want to really go into here today. Before we dive into them individually, can you start off with just running through an overview of these six traits? Absolutely. And and what I always do, though, is I like to create context so that the content's being anchored. And I, and I really do want to um, trust that when you asked about practical, actionable takeaways, and, and this to be kind of a masterclass, I'm actually going to ask you to allow me a four-minute riff, okay? And this please have something to write on and with. And so I'm going to answer your question. And then if you'll allow the riff, I want to go into the riff because it's going to set the stage for us to go really deep. Is that a fair request? Please do. I love that. Great. So in answering your question, here are the six essential traits. The riff will follow this. But what I always urge and ask for those of you listening out there or watching, I want you to scan your body because you're going to see if you've exhibited these traits. I'm going to do a deeper dive in just a second, but here comes the high level. The six essential traits of a true entrepreneur are visionary, passionate, problem solver, driven, risk taker, and responsible. 
Okay. And so now here comes the riff and I'm going to hit three things in four minutes or less, and it's going to set the stage for our conversation. And I just beg you out there, please jot a few notes because I'm trying to help you make the right decision for yourself. And so first of all, a deeper dive into those six essential traits. And what I ask is, and what I believe with every ounce of my being is you are born with these traits. They cannot be taught. It's nature over nurture. And so what I want you to do is look back on your life because you've exhibited these things all your life. Sometimes you discover that, wow, I do have these traits. So sometimes you discover them later in life, but they've always been with you. And so when I say visionary, visionary means that you have lots of ideas. You're able to connect the dots. You have a sixth sense. You're able to see around corners. You put things together. You see others, what others don't see. Passionate means you have an undying passion for your product, your service, filling a void in the world, taking this thing to the world. You have strong belief. Number three, problem solver is where you love solving problems. You're a creative problem solver. You light up when it comes time to solve a problem. You get energy as opposed to most of the world where they lose all their energy and they run for the hills when they're faced with problems. Driven means that you have an internal fire, a sense of urgency, you're competitive, you want to succeed, you're self-motivated, you hustle, you love working hard, you tend to outwork most everyone else. Risk taker means you don't freeze when it's time to make a tough decision. You don't suffer from analysis paralysis. You're rebellious, you're willing to fail, you tend to beg for forgiveness, then ask for permission. And responsible means that you blame no one. You when something bad happens, you look in the mirror, you take ownership for that problem and you solve it where half the world blames everyone else for their problems. Someone who's responsible takes full responsibility for whatever the problem is. And so those are the six essential traits in the deep dive. That's the first thing I want to share. The second thing I want to share, because what happens with what I'm doing here is unfortunately I break hearts because some people are going to realize, wow, I don't have these six essential traits. Therefore, I can't be a true entrepreneur. And what I invite you to do, number two, is to take the free assessment online, e-leap.com. It's free. You're going to answer 25 questions about yourself. If you score 90 or higher, then odds are you have these six essential traits. And the third and final point to take the sting off if you scored low or you don't have the six essential traits is something I call the entrepreneurial range. And I teach this in the book, but I'm going to teach it right now. And so if you either draw in front of you or picture in your mind an arc, okay? And so there's this arc. If you draw that line above the arc, says entrepreneurial range. To the far right end of that arc, if you'll write the words true entrepreneur. To the far left end of that range, if you'll write self-employed. The point is this. Anyone that owns their own business is somewhere on that entrepreneurial range. When I talk about the six essential traits and scoring 90 or higher, I'm speaking to the people that are on the right side of the range. And so the far right, most extreme entrepreneurs are the greatest entrepreneurs of all time. Elon Musk, Oprah Winfrey, Sarah Blakely, Walt Disney, Henry Ford. On the far left end of the range are one person shows, somebody with a side hustle, a freelancer, a sole proprietor, so the point is, all of those people own their own business. It's just the six essential traits, the true entrepreneurs are people that build organization with people. And so if you score low, you can still be self-employed. I always love to say, if you have handy skills, you can go be a handy man or a handy woman, charge 60 bucks an hour, make six figures for the rest of your life, be totally free, and that ain't all bad. But if you have the six essential traits, you're going to end up turning that into a business. You can't stop yourself. 
And so there's the jumping off point and the setting of the stage. And Alex, I turn it back over to you to take us as deep into any and all that if you want. That was brilliant right there. We could totally just end right here. We're not going to do that, but we could could end right there. That was great. Uh, I have so many points I want to touch on. First, though, I want to talk about something you said right at the beginning where you talked about how this is something we're born with. It can't be taught. So just to clarify, you're saying that being an entrepreneur is something that's, for lack of a better term, that we're hardwired with. Like we are just born that way. Is that right? It is genetics. It is DNA. And here's the beauty. Half the world agrees with me. Half the world doesn't. And I hope I'm wrong. And, and when I talk to professors of entrepreneurship that make their living off believing that they can teach 7.5 billion people on this planet to be an entrepreneur, I think it's dangerous, you know? And so I hope I'm wrong. I hope anybody can become an entrepreneur, but my 30 years of experience shows that these entrepreneurs are absolutely born. It's DNA, it's genetic. And that's something I actually agree with. So I'm on, I'm on your side of this. I have definitely heard the opposite but there's some things that just can't be taught, one of which, and we'll dive into all these, but like is being a risk taker. Some people, no matter how much training they've had to be able to assess risk and all that, they still struggle with the actual act of saying, we're just going to try it. We're just going to do it. And other people are, I, the best entrepreneurs I know are the biggest risk takers. They're like, oh, it's it's a million dollars. Oh, I'll go bankrupt. Let's try it and see what happens. I'm like, what? You know, like maybe not that extreme, but those people, they are born with that. No one could teach that to somebody necessarily. Yeah. And, I, and I'd love to add something else because in addition to breaking hearts, I now want to take some sting off and create a little bit, bit of freedom here because, you know, my math shows that it's about 4% of the population has these six essential traits. And so that means 4% have what it takes to become a true entrepreneur, which means 96% don't. Here's the message though. And the most important part, being an entrepreneur is not like this ultimate pinnacle in life. I mean, it's like it's one of many career choices and it's a tough freaking life and most die broke. And so it's not the pretty picture that that the media presents with all these billion dollar unicorns. I mean, there's a lot more failures than there are successes. And so the point is, if you confirm that you're not, I'm trying to save you 10 years of hell because this isn't for you. But let's go back to the entrepreneurial range and let's go back to your audience because you told me most are people in the idea phase or people that started a side hustle and they still have their full-time gig. The beauty is you get to decide because like I said, there's nothing wrong if you go decide to become self-employed and have your own business, you could be a one-person show. I mean, look at some of these influencers. They're making millions of dollars and it's just little old them. That's a pretty good gig because life gets complicated when you have 50 employees. So, so there are options for you to have your own business. It's just probably not going to be building a hundred-person organization or a billion-dollar organization for that matter. So something you're bringing up here is like the entrepreneurship is sexy right now, right? Like when people mention they're an entrepreneur, everyone wants to be one because like you're saying, we look at these big celebrity entrepreneurs, which there are so few of, if you really think about it. I mean, there's less, there's less famous entrepreneurs than famous musicians and being yeah. a famous musician, anyone who's in the music space will tell you is basically impossible to do. Uh, not trying to put myself down. I'm not going to be the next Elon Musk. I'm not going to be the next uh, Steve Jobs. Like that's just not going to be my path, nor do I really want it to be, which we might get into. But uh, I think that some people, they think that they want to be an entrepreneur, even if they hear that they don't have these traits, they still want to try because it's so sexy right now. Right. Yeah, And I always say, you know, so that exactly right. And it's, it's dangerous. You know, it's, it's, that's what everybody wants to be. And I'm a little older than you. So I remember this, you may not, but in the seventies and eighties, man, everybody wanted to be a rock star. So I love that you bring up the musician example. 
I mean, everyone wanted to be on that stage, you know, strumming a guitar, singing into a microphone. And so this is the new rock star. And it, it, it is dangerous because just like in the 70s and 80s, not everybody could carry a tune. And in the 2000s, not everybody is equipped to be an entrepreneur. Hey, Alex Sanfilippo here, and I want to take a quick moment to intentionally serve the world with you. Here's what I want you to do. Think of the one person you know who would most benefit from listening to this episode today. Now, I want you to send it to them, but also include an encouraging note explaining why you share this episode with them specifically. By doing this, you're helping me grow this podcast, and you're also adding value to the people you care about. With that said, thank you for your continued support. It means the world to me. And now, let's get back to today's episode. So something else I think I want you to do real quick here is actually give us a definition of what it means to be an entrepreneur, because you mentioned being self-employed, having your own job, if you will. To some people, that's their definition of being an entrepreneur, but it's not the real definition. Can you talk to us about what it means to actually be an entrepreneur? We probably should have started with that question, but I think it's good to jump in right here. You bet. Yeah. I mean, it's just little old me and my definition of what a true entrepreneur is. But, it, but an entrepreneur to me is someone who takes a risk to start a business to bring a product or service to the world and builds a business around that with people. Okay. And so the most important part of that is with people. And so again, this is where I piss a few people off and ruffle a few feathers and break some hearts, but, but, you know, being, having a side hustle, I don't consider that to be an entrepreneur. Now I consider that admirable and impressive and I consider you to be independent. And I hope you become that self-employed one person show someday. And if you're a true entrepreneur, build an organization, because I have great respect for that. But I just don't consider that an entrepreneur because it's really funny. I mean, it's like this definite this this term entrepreneur is leaking into every you know walk of life. And that's just scary. And then there's so many people that want to be entrepreneurs that now they're calling corporate employees entrepreneurs because because they got to figure out how to use that word there. I mean, you know, what's next? I so so anyway, so that's my humble little definition. And it's just my definition. You get to agree with me. Like disagreeing with each other's good. I do happen to agree with you on this one. I think that that's a, a good example of what it really means to be an entrepreneur. To go back to these six essential traits for being an entrepreneur, I'd like to dive into each of them a little bit more here, starting with visionary. You talked about how this is somebody who can connect the dots. They have like a sixth sense or they can see around corners. Can you talk a little bit more about what it means to be a great and true visionary? Yeah, so um, that that putting things together, I use that term as well. It was Steve Jobs that said that. And I, I can't remember exactly how his quote worked, but it made so much sense for me because I didn't fully get it until about 10 years ago. But, you know, he just talked about how entrepreneurs, they put things together. So you just see these different resources or technology or whatever it is, products, services, and you just kind of put them together to make something better. And so that's an example of what a visionary is doing. You're just looking at the world in a different way and you're seeing things different than the way people see them. And you just have these ideas. And, and, and as you put them together, all of a sudden you're creating something and it doesn't always have to be revolutionary. You know, I have I have clients that are in apartment investing and managing. And that, you know, is probably the slowest and stodgiest moving business of all the businesses. If you compare it to like, you know, uh, cell phones, you know, which you got to it's changing on you every day, every week, every month. It, not a lot has changed in the last few decades with managing apartment buildings. But nonetheless, there is innovation going on there, you know, as crazy as that sounds, the construction industry is a little slower moving, but there's innovation going on there. So the visionaries, they just see a better, faster way 
of doing things and that improves upon an existing product or service or it's creating a brand new one from scratch. So those are some examples. But the best way that I like to say it is you, you just have a lot of ideas. That's, that's the bottom line is you're just seeing things, having ideas. You're a little bit of an idea machine and they're not all revolutionary. And I always lovingly tell my clients, every visionary, I say, you're going to have 20 ideas a week and 19 suck. But it's that <laughs> so one great. out of 20 that is what takes the company to the next level. And so they're not all good. Please understand. I'm not saying they're all good and most are bad. So true. It took me a while personally as a visionary myself to realize that most of my ideas are bad. And now I openly admit it. Like every now and then I'll have a good one. And one if one out of 20, that'd be great. I'm more of one of a hundred type of guy. And that's yeah. fine. Yeah. It's the for me, it's the the act of allowing myself to to be who I am, which is to actually be a visionary, to put my ideas on paper. I'll write all of them down. I have a books full of things I'll never do because they're not great ideas, but I wrote it down because it just flexes that muscle and helps me to continue to become a better entrepreneur myself. Uh, moving along now to passion, which I think that this one is one that I think a lot of people probably have, but they're not, they have no idea what to do with it. Can you talk about how to properly channel passion, how to know that you have it properly in a way that's going to make you an entrepreneur? Yeah. And, and as we say this, what's important is that as we build on these six, it's important to know it's all six combined that make you a true entrepreneur, because there are lots of people that aren't entrepreneurs that are passionate about stuff. So, so it's be careful because if you think, wow, I am passionate, then therefore I must be an entrepreneur. Be careful. You got to have all the other five are just as important, but passionate just simply means you have deep passion for your thing, whatever that thing is. And I write an entire chapter in the path part of the book, on how to discover your passion. I give seven ways to do that. And, and the point here is what makes entrepreneurs succeed is deep passion for their thing. For 20 years of building EOS worldwide and creating EOS and writing traction that all stemmed from a deep passion about solving the entrepreneur's pain. And so every failure that I had, I kept getting up because I wanted to solve that need where most, once you get knocked down the first time, they stay down. Passion is what gets you up. Passion is the number one thing that's going to help you succeed. And number two, your passion almost always stems from a wound, a pain, a problem from the past, something you dealt with in your life. And so the reason I'm so passionate about helping entrepreneurs is I helped my entrepreneur father save his company. I turned around the family business. The reason I'm so passionate in this conversation and with this new book, Entrepreneur Elite, is because of the pain at 18 years old when I was that mislabeled, lost, confused, scared derelict, as I was known, which I wasn't. I was just an entrepreneur in the making. And it took me 11 years to realize what I was. And oh my God, if I knew at 18, I would have had an 11 year jumpstart on life. So that's why I'm so passionate about this message. And that's why I keep pushing forward, you know, through every obstacle and barrier. So, so passion is passion for your thing. You want to fill a void. You want to put a dent in the universe in some way. You know, you talk about that like 11 years before finding this, something that was really helpful for me, actually, and I wish I would have had a while ago as well, is that uh, that entrepreneur in the making assessment. Uh, again, that's at eLeap.com. I'll have a link to it in the show notes for anybody who wants to check it out. But that was really helpful. Quick side note here, Gino, you'll find this funny. There's a friend of mine. Uh, I'll probably keep him nameless. His, his name's Jared. Uh, I'll leave the rest of it out. But he was telling me the other day how he wants to end up with a, a wife one day that is an entrepreneur. 
and I sent him straight to e to e leap.com to, to, to have any girl he's talking to take the assessment. I'm like, then you'll be able to find out. I'm like, it's kind of like a little personality profile of what you're looking for. So that, that um, is, that is pretty cool, but get right. I'm about to break that person's heart um, because I don't know this for a fact. This is just a caution. But when I look at, I have this way of seeing patterns and trends. And so when I hear something, I can call on 30 years and 10,000 entrepreneurs. And when I look at most of the entrepreneurs' spouses, they tend to be just the opposite. Mm-hmm. They're the stability at home. And, and then it's rare because, because my wife is borderline an entrepreneur. I mean, she's there's a tool called the Colby and it measures your energy and there's a quick start line. And if you're an eight, nine, 10 quick start, you are a risk taker, entrepreneurial. And my wife is like a nine quick start. I'm only an eight, but I'm redlining it. So we live a wild and crazy life and somehow it works for us. So worst case, get ready, whoever that was that brought that up, because you and your future wife, if she scores 90 or higher, are going to have one hell of a wild ride without a lot of stability at home. So get ready. This is the first time we've had relationship advice on the Creating a Brand there, podcast. There you go. That is a first. <laughs> that's just what I see most of the time. And uh, But nonetheless, you're going to fall in love with who you fall in love with. Right. Opposites usually attract, though. Exactly. So I'm with you on that. So moving right along, we, we talked about visionary, passionate, and you also touched on problem solver a bit. Do you have anything else to add on there before we move on to driven? Um, so no, actually, uh, I feel like I expanded on that as much as we needed to. Hopefully it made sense. Yeah, I agree. So moving right along then to, to driven now, can you talk a little bit more about what it means to be driven as an entrepreneur? Again, keeping in mind that we have these other traits as well. It's not standalone. Yeah. And so this one is a fun one to me because, again, I already shared my strong belief. It's DNA. Um, it is in your genes. You're born with this. And I had something amazing happen literally this week. My podcast. When did I do this podcast? Uh, oh, no, it was last week. A podcast I did last week. And, and the gentleman wrote a book called Driven, miraculously. Um, so the book is called Driven. His name is Dr. Doug Brackman. And anyway, his his point is and he and I are a match made in heaven, is he starts by saying, you're born with it. It's DNA, it's genetic. And so he validates my point, number one, but then he writes an entire, literally 200 page book on this driven thing, because it's a blessing and a curse. But drive, again, is that strong sense of urgency. You want to succeed. You're pretty darn intense. Um, and it's and you've been this your whole life. So it's a matter of looking back and just saying to myself, Have I always had urgency? Have I always been competitive? Do I always want to succeed? Am I self-motivated? Do I tend to outwork everyone else? And if all those things are yes, 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 then that's you. And again, that book validates that it's genetic or at least backs me up on that. And if you want to go deeper into this one, by all means, buy that book. Uh, But that's my two cents on Driven. So with Driven, this is one that actually got me... I don't know what to say, misdiagnosed as a kid, if you mm-hmm. will, because I was a little bit, people thought ADD or not focused, but the truth is I just had a different way of doing things. And I, I wasn't a bad kid, but I was a little bit rebellious in some things because I was driven toward something very specific, even though I didn't necessarily know what that was. It just wasn't the same path everyone had. Do you find a lot of entrepreneurs, like they struggle with this, with maybe relating in the real world? Oh, there's no question because they're so different because it's a small percentage of the population. So you're an alien to most of the world. And and again, the way it shows up, because I just look at my life, you know, I've been driven and competitive my whole life. But what's crazy is I, I turned, I took over the family business. I did the turnaround, ran it for seven years. We successfully sold it. 
And then I swore we, my dad had created a sales training program in the real estate industry that revolutionized how real estate agents are trained. We had 50 trainers all over North America. I managed those 50 trainers as well as ran the company, which we had about 30 support team. Um, I swore I would never build another company after selling that company. And I was just going to go off and help entrepreneurs. And I did that. And I did that for about three years. And then I found myself right back into building a company. <laughs> and now the company has 450 EOS implementers all over the world, 70 support team. I sold that business three years ago. I built it up to around the 200th person uh, with my great partner, Don Tinney. But the point is you can't stop yourself. And then when I did that, I was going to like maybe slow down a little and now pursue this new passion project. And it's crazy. I keep my business schedule as packed as ever. I, I'm very balanced. I work very hard and I play very hard. I'm very protective of my personal time, but I am as intense, as driven, as booked as I've ever been because I can't stop myself. It's that drive thing. And that's the litmus test for you out there. Have you just always, once you hit, once you achieve the goal and maybe you want to take a break, do you find yourself right back in it again, going after something else? That's a sign that you're driven. I love that. I'm just smiling over here because this has kind of described my life and I imagine my future as well. I can yes. see myself in, in a lot of what you're, you're explaining here. And, and your success, by the way, is just incredible what you've done in the last 30 years with this. So congrats to you. My along pleasure. The way, by, doing. Yeah. And by the way, I wish I knew what contentment felt like. I hear it's very nice. But <laughs> it's hard for driven people to even know what that means. Right. Not not something we're going to cover today. Um, so moving on to this this risk taker, we talked about it just a little bit. There are so many resources out there about learning to take risk, calculating risk, but you're saying that some people are just born with the ability to understand when to take a risk. Is that right? Yeah. And I wouldn't even say know when to take a risk because they just take the risk. You know, a lot, a lot of times they leap before they look, but I would say a couple of things to this, you know, so as I already mentioned, the best lit, the best litmus test here is when faced with a tough decision, do you make the call, do you make the decision? And most of the world suffers from analysis paralysis and they just can't make the decision. But the most important thing here is so many people interpret that risk taker means if you start a business, that means you're a risk taker. When I would suggest to you, that's one of the easiest risks you're going to take because the reason this genetic encoding and DNA is so important and why it makes entrepreneurs su succeed is it's about the thousand brutally difficult decisions you're about to make over the next 10 years, the day after you take your entrepreneurial leap. That, in hindsight, you're going to realize was the easiest decision. So you're going to make really tough decisions that will potentially put you out of business often. And you got to be able to do that or you're just never going to succeed. So that's what risk taker is about. And again, if you look back at your life, do you tend to make those tough decisions? And if you have, then you're probably going to be fine going forward. Because if you, you've got a thousand to make and you're going to freeze a thousand times, you're going out of business in about six months, maybe three. Yeah. Yeah, that's such an important point for people to understand is make sure that you know for a fact that you are willing to take those risks, make those hard decisions. The last thing I want to get into here, this is the sixth point, is responsible. Now, this is one that I'm personally very passionate about because I think that one of the biggest problems in the world is people just won't take responsibility. There's always someone else to blame. You see it in restaurants, you see it in stores, anywhere you go. And me, I've always been the person that will take blame. And I remember the first time someone called me out on this, like, Alex, that I was in a, a aerospace organization very early on. Someone made a mistake. It wasn't me, but it was the department I was in. I took full responsibility, got in trouble for it. 
did all that and then fixed the problems. I was like, Alex, why did you take responsibility for that? And then I didn't have an answer. I'm like, it just seemed like the right thing to do at the moment. Like someone needed to own it and I let that be me, but talk to us about being responsible. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I, I've got to give a direct quote. What's the swearometer on your podcast? Is the F word ever used in your podcast? It's, it has never been used. It will be cut out if you use it right now. <laughs> You're telling the truth? I am telling the truth. I've never had the E on any episode. Got so. it. Okay, perfect. So, I, and I appreciate it. That's why I asked. So I'm just going to say F'd, okay, for the lack of a better term. But what I teach everyone in my life is when you screw up, just say I F'd up. Just say it. And what's amazing is how most people can't, they can't even muster the words. They cannot even muster those words. But then what I watch and I observe over years when they start getting good, and you don't have to swear when you say it. I screwed up. You can say that, okay? I like to swear, so that's just me. <laughs> but but to say I screwed up, so let's use that so there's no profanity even. You don't have to bleep anything. It's a, it's a muscle you'll help people build. But here's what's unfortunate and sad. Most people don't have the genetic encoding, so they're always going to struggle, but it's a great way to move the needle. That's point number one. Point number two is you are in one of two camps at the end of the day. You either default to taking responsibility or you don't. And the way that I know it's nature over nurture and you're born with it is how is it that a household with four kids can end up with two kids that take responsibility and two don't? And out there listening, you can think of your brothers and sisters, and this is a reality. You can't argue or debate this point. And how is that possible in the same household, same parents, same upbringing, same everything, but yet two turned out this way, two turned out that way. So it simply is what it is. And I happen to agree with you. I am terrified for how our society does not take responsibility. It's quite scary that all the blame that goes on. And I do believe if everybody would just get good at when they screw up, just say I screwed up. Or when they have a problem to solve, just say, that's mine. I own that. I've got that ball. I'll take that. Oh my God, what a world it would be. But a boy can dream. <laughs> right. So we just covered here. This is part one from your book, Entrepreneurial Leap. This is confirmed. We went through the six essential traits of an entrepreneur, which again, are visionary, passionate, problem solver, driven, risk-taker, and responsible. And I, I think that these are just such great points. For anyone listening and you're wondering, okay, do I really possess these really well? The actual assessment that Gino put together is great. So e-leap.com, I have a link in the show notes. Check that out and see if you are truly, truly have what it takes to be an entrepreneur. I took that, Gino, I got a 96%. So I like to think that I'm on the higher end there. Uh, and then if that does confirm it, then jump into part two and three of this book, get into glimpse to get an idea of what it's going to look like. And then the path that you can take, because I believe it's going to be really helpful. Gino, before we end here, because you've had so many years experience being an entrepreneur yourself, do you have any final thoughts for the listeners on this topic as we get ready to close out? Yeah. You know, the, the, I always like to go with what flashes into my mind first. And this is the one that probably flashes in my mind most when I get asked a question along these lines and so my advice to the world, especially entrepreneurs, is to let your freak flag fly, okay? And so what that means is to just fully be you in all your glory. And it took me to about age 35 to start that journey, probably fully got there at about 45. And I know we've got, you know, 21-year-olds out there. And um I, worst case, if I get you to do it one day early, then I've succeeded, whatever age for you that's going to be, but be yourself, 
Don't apologize for being yourself. The world is going to judge you. And, and if you try to be all things to all people, put up this facade, you're going to be nothing to no one. So you might as well just fully be you and let the cards fall where they may. Let your freak flag fly. Love that, Gina. That's a great way to end this conversation. This was such an insightful topic to cover. Thank you so much for being a guest today. I really appreciate your time. Had a blast, Alex. This was fun. Like I said, this probably should have been the very first episode of the Creating a Brand podcast. Sorry about that, everybody. When I took Gino's free Entrepreneur in the Making assessment, I scored a 96, and I'd love to know what your score is as well. I'll have a link to where you can take the assessment in the show notes, along with two additional resources that Gino kindly offered to us that are also completely free. They'll help you determine what type of business you're built for and also help you to clarify your vision for that business. Both of these are if you are a true entrepreneur, but both are key steps in the success journey. Gino, thank you again for being a guest and for these amazing free resources that you've shared with us. For links to Gino Wickman's book, Entrepreneurial Leap, and for links to the resources mentioned, please visit creatingabrand.com slash 152. Thank you as always for listening, and I'm looking forward to bringing you another Masterclass episode next week. Next week.